Hello and welcome to the Generation Gap programme here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Clive Glover and I'm a very old person. I'm a baby boomer, so I was a teenager in the uh, late 60s and early 70s. And each week on this programme, I talk to somebody much younger than me uh, about all sorts of different things to see how much we agree and disagree on these things. And so this week, I'm delighted to welcome somebody for the first time here, who is Anna. Hello, Anna. Hello. Um, now Anna we're going to talk about education because you're still actually at school well you're not at school now because it's the summer holidays but basically you should be at school or you should have been at school yes yes you're 17 that means you're in year 12 at school but you'll be going into year 13 which is the last year of school Um, obviously in September you hope anyway um, that the plans seem to be that schools will be open in September yes hopefully yeah, and obviously it's a very important year for you because year 13 is when you do your A-levels and obviously yeah. that leads to um, your chances to go to university and so on afterwards. So um, yeah. it is an important thing. And what we want to talk about really is the effect of the last uh, few months where obviously people haven't been going to school except some, some people have been going in the last few weeks uh, of term. And obviously we know that when you go back it will be very different in many ways. Mm. Um so can you, I mean, what's your experience been? You, you've obviously been off school since, I suppose, middle of March, is it? Yes. Yeah, so I obviously was taken off school because of coronavirus. Um, so my school actually has been really, really good, I think, during the pandemic. We've had most of our lessons online. So what I usually do is I have my normal daily timetable, um, I get to wake up a bit later, obviously, so don't have to factor in the walking to school, eating the breakfast. So that's really, that's quite a luxury, I'd say. But yeah, no, I have most of my lessons online, um, which is great because you just log into this Google Meet, they usually are. Um, no, actually, sorry, all of them are. Um, and then the teacher just speaks to you and like has their presentation up and it's really good and you can ask questions. Usually they don't allow you to have your microphone or camera on just because I think it'll be quite chaotic to have everyone in the class having that on like I don't think the teacher would be able to cope with that (laughs) um I don't think I would but yeah yeah I mean we've all got we're all used to using these um online systems and you're right we if you get more than about three or four people you have to get everyone to turn their microphones off unless they want to speak and then you've invented this etiquette when you want to speak that you put your hand up yeah yeah, (laughs) the person in charge of it does that so are, are the teachers were they doing stuff from school or were they doing it from their homes so it varied because I think some teachers had to go in on a rotor due to there being key worker children in school um, who were needing provision. But I think a lot of teachers were doing it from home. But it was hard to tell because we couldn't. Some of some teachers have their camera on and some don't. So um, yeah, I think it was mostly from home. It's all to do with your bookcase, isn't it? I mean, I, yes. I, I laughed about that when I first spotted it, but people people actually were paying people to come and uh, sort of advise them on how to arrange their bookcase. I know which books to show, which books to show, and which ones to hide. Yeah, I found that so interesting because, like, especially when celebrities were being interviewed, say on like a media channel, like it it was so interesting to see their background. But I think some people purposefully create quite a neutral background which I understand because you can actually everyone I think is obviously trying to look to see what they can get so yeah it's it's, it's funny 
Well, I think you know, some people were carefully arranging which books they put there. You know, oh gosh, yeah. look, we've got these really intellectual books. Fancy yes. how we've got books in Port- Portuguese. They must be able to speak Portuguese then. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, presenting a certain image, definitely. Okay, now I think we should say, um, we won't mention which school, but you're at one of the um, very well-known and very um, excellent schools in St Albans, of course, mm. secondary school. Mm. Um, and, and obviously it sounds like they did a really good job in did, uh, yeah. keep it, keep, keeping up with these lessons. And obviously we recognise lots of people didn't have that advantage. Um, and the other thing that many people were having was obviously their parents were helping teaching from home. And mm. that's been quite a challenge for many parents. I know I've spoken to quite a few and they've oh, got yeah. really exhausted in trying to do this to say, I've got two children at home. How on earth do these teachers cope with 30? I know. I don't know. I think, I mean... I think, do you mean how can teachers cope in the classroom or on, online? Well, no, it's a rhetorical question, but the point oh, is that right, okay. parents have started to appreciate what their teachers do for them. Yeah, yeah, true. That's very true. <laughs> absolutely. So As what, what subject? Yeah, absolutely. What, what subjects is it you're doing at A-level? Um, so I'm doing, well, I do at one school, my home school, I do um, French and history, and then I can sort to another school to do politics. Right, so they're subjects which lead a lot of reading and writing, basically. So, of course, yeah. you could do quite a lot, quite a lot of sort of home study yourself on those subjects. Yeah, I'd say actually my subjects are quite easily studied from home, with obviously teacher support and live lessons. But I've found that the hardest subject has been French because usually in the classroom you have that interaction, you have that discussion, like everyone bounces off each other the teacher can it's really I think important French to be with everyone because then you can obviously chat to them in French um and it's just easier because there's quite a lot of confusion sometimes with grammar points as well and I just the language obviously it is a hard A level like all of them um so yeah I think that's been the most challenging one but uh, yeah overall it's been fine now you see immediately you said that I think I think well there's lots of interesting ways of learning languages for example mm. there's an app called Duolingo I don't know if you've ever yes. come across it yes I and listen you can to use, their use that oh it, there you yeah. go you see and then in fact even at Radio Verulam we've got a language a French language program yes. every Monday every Monday evening no I have listened Bouchard to that actually. Oui, yeah. you have oui. yeah yeah absolutely Good. Oui, oui. <laughs> okay. So, so, I mean, the thing is that something like learning a language, there are other ways of doing it. I mean, there's obviously French television you could probably watch on some channels. This mm. kind of stuff as well. well okay. Yeah. It's just that I'm I'm thinking that away from the school, there's other ways of perhaps doing something which is relevant to the subject you're discussing. That's uh, what you're learning. Yeah. No. That. Yeah. There definitely is. I um. I actually get these French magazines, which my mum organised for me which are great because they're so interactive. Like one of them the other day had um, a spread on the development of the Notre Dame, what they're going to do, which is so interesting. They're going like, to make it into a sky garden. And they're really good because it's quite um, engaging where, rather than just reading like a book. But also you can watch French films. There's loads on Netflix. Um, loads of also like just French YouTubers, French Oh, also Instagram is great because you can find loads of apps. So, um, sorry, not apps, accounts to follow. It's just, yeah, there's loads out there, especially in a social media world. Like, there's yeah, there's lots of resources. Well, that's kind of 
what I'm getting at is that obviously away from school, because of what's happened, there are ways that you can do some of the things and still sort of keep up your learning on these subjects you're doing. And mm. obviously over the period of weeks and months, people have been able to find those things. And it then starts, yeah. you know, you ask the question, well, actually, is what you do at school the best way of learning these things? Obviously, yeah. it is structured in a way which other things may not be. Um, but it's, it's just an interesting thought that obviously there are other ways of doing things. When I learned mm. French at school, we, we, we actually did it all in writing. They had really? almost no no oral stuff at all. It wasn't about learning to speak the language, which was really irritating what? to me at the time. Yeah, I know. I mean, there was a little Seems bit. very it was impractical. Like a, it was a sort of 10-minute little thing every now and then you did with your teacher, just a little chat in French but it wasn't mm. at all like we do these days at all so anyway that's a long time ago though I have to say yeah, sorry um, back. <laughs> right so now obviously um other schools and other teachers and other circumstances may not have been as, as good as the experience you've had and also yeah. I mean your particular school is one which is very much um a school for science and science subjects and obviously yeah. When you're, when you're doing A-levels in science, you need to use the laboratories and you do quite a lot of lessons there and you, you can't do those and it's quite hard to replicate those things at home as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually haven't thought about that. That's a very good point. I I have friends who do science subjects, so I'm, I'm not sure how that's gone. But, yeah, I imagine that is hard, but maybe the teachers have rescheduled the practical lessons or something. But, yeah, that... that, mm, I, that but, saying that, I did hear something on the grapevine that um, they might take out cause another subject as well that we could talk about maybe is will that will we get special consideration year 12s for our A-levels and I've heard that maybe the government might take out like practical some practical elements of science and stuff um, to just reduce content but that I don't know that might because I that has been affected actually a lot by lockdown you're right. Well, I'm aware of this because my my daughter's a bit older than you and she's actually done her first year at university, but she's studying science. And of course, they've got very well equipped um, university um, labs or or labs at university in a way that, I mean, school ones are good, but these are sort of 10 times bigger and more complicated and so on. And so when she came back from university earlier, they did obviously still run online lectures and so on. But they couldn't yeah. obviously do anything anything practicals. And for, ne- for next year, they're already saying that maybe in the first semester they won't be able to do um, practicals. And she's sort of wondering, oh, well, really? that, that's not going to be very helpful in terms of her learning. Um, no, but anyway, so that's it's one of those brother, things. Mm, yeah. My, sorry, just quickly. My brother's at, uh, he's going to second year uni and he was saying how his university is not even going to do um I don't think online lectures from September. No, sorry, real life lectures, which is like in life, which is, I think, quite hard because, yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't. Surely you can social distance, but. Well, yeah, but then they, they need, I mean, if you can normally have like 20 people in a laboratory and then in future you can only have 10, then it means you have to double up the sessions and so on. And obviously that makes oh, yeah. quite difficult working out timetables and things like that. And you have That's to remember true. you. At universities, you might have 10,000 students rather than the kind of 1,000 yeah. or 1,500 you've got at school. That is very true. Yeah, it's yeah. way more logistically complicated. Okay, so the question I'd like to put to you and see what you think is that in the case yeah. of um, some students who perhaps their schools and their parents haven't been so supportive, in, you know, not necessarily deliberately, but they just haven't been able to do these things in the way you have, 
Mm. How serious is it for someone to lose out on literally three months, perhaps, of teaching uh, or learning? Um, obviously, it is a big hole in what they should be doing. But our our system of teaching is really very regimented that in year this, you do this, 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 and this. And in the third week, you do that. And in the fourth term, you do this, whatever. I mean, basically, it's very, yeah. very organized. And so there, there are bits of the subjects you, you miss out on. And um, you never sort of catch up on them, probably, or you could try, but you won't really catch up on them. And so then yeah. you go into you go into your next level of school, you go to university, you go to work, and you never learnt that little session about something. And does that really mm. affect your overall sort of life? I'll, I'll give you an example of um, what I think it could mean. Supposing you're studying yeah. geography, and in, in yeah. the last term of the year, they planned in geography you'd be studying about three countries. Let's say Brazil, Iceland, and Australia, and yeah. you know you. You do an in-depth thing for several weeks on each country. So you do the sort of geographical stuff, the political stuff, the, the rivers, the mountains and all the rest of it, the big cities. Um, and then they say, well, OK, we, we've missed out on several weeks of stuff. So we, we'll drop Australia. We'll do the other countries. But we'll miss that one out. So does that mean then, obviously, you never sort of catch up about Australia? And in future, you have a sort of blank bit in your brain about Australia. Um, mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm being slightly flippant, but at the same time, I'm thinking, yeah. well, how serious is this? If in some future time in your work, you need to do something about Australia, like to visit it, for example, um, you can yeah. kind of re read up and learn all about it. So is that really, really such a serious problem? Now, clearly, there are some elements of what you're learning, which might be English. It might be um, some mathematical things where you don't learn them and that causes a real problem in the future. Um, but I wonder how serious it is. And obviously the government, the, the teachers, the schools are all very worried about this. And yeah. I, have to, I have to assume that they're worried for a good reason. Um, but I sort of step mm. back from this and say, well, out of the, your total learning, I mean, how many years? You do seven years in primary school, another seven in, in secondary school. Um, so yeah. three months how serious is that really overall? I, I, I kind of wonder. Mm, it's interesting. I think, um, I think it's a lot more, I think it's very serious, quite serious in regards to like the immediate future, because obviously a lot, especially with A-levels and GCSEs, you're learning content for your exams. Basically that's what you're doing. And if you're not going to, if you're not learning all your content, but because you've lost three months but then the exams are still exactly the same then surely that will have a knock-on effect because if content comes up in the exam that you haven't been taught in your individual school because all schools might have missed certain different amounts of content even though they're on the same specifications or exam boards so I, I imagine that what the government would have to choose I guess what they take out if they do take out anything but that might not be appropriate for either each school if you see what I mean well, this is the point, really. I mean, obviously, it is very structured so that everybody studying geography will do in the first term, they'll do this. And in the second term, they'll do that. I'm not sure yeah. the schools are quite so um, structured that every school in the country is on the same page of the same book. That was the Napoleonic no, no, thing. <laughs> of course. <so laughs> yeah, the, no, they're definitely not. The teachers may do it in a slightly different order or, or slightly different structure to do it. Um, yeah. Having said having said that, I will tell you a story which is absolutely true because it's about me. Um, okay. Actually, when I was your age, literally, um, and I was during the summer holidays, I had an accident, 
and I dislocated my knee, which was quite serious and quite serious. I had to have a couple of operations on it afterwards. And because yeah. of that, I was, in ho- I was in hospital for several weeks. And I actually missed the first three weeks of my first um, year tw- of year 12, it would be now. So I missed the first oh, part really? of my A-level studies. And um, That's important. There was partic- well, there was a particular element of mathematics, which I was doing it for A-level. And um, I never, I missed that one and I never actually caught up on it because I didn't really realise what I'd missed particularly. And that was actually yeah. the topic of t- two of the eight questions in my A-level. Oh, no. And as a result, or at least partly as a result of that, I didn't actually get through my A-level and get any good grades in it. So, um, Oh, now my I gosh. So I can't necessarily say that was the, a cause and effect, but it was actually quite a serious thing that happened. And it was things weren't so structured in those days so that um you know it was, wasn't obvious to anybody that i'd sort of missed out on that particular thing the teacher would have known it but it didn't sort of follow up on it in a way that i'd have hoped they might have done um yeah. and so i subsequently i subsequently went to university but then i couldn't cope with the mathematics so i gave up actually <laughs> oh, admissions. oh no now oh, did that affect my that's, mm. Did that affect my whole life? I mean, did I then go on really suffering because I didn't know that mathematical formula? I can't say I did. I don't think it's made a great deal of difference. Um, But, you know, it's one of those things that you sort of wonder about and say... mm. But in today's world, it might make a lot more difference because I think so much more emphasis is being placed on your exam results and your, like, uni grades because I think also university grades are becoming so much more important, especially in coronavirus times, because... I was chatting to someone yesterday and we were talking about how graduates who have just graduated probably will find it hard to find jobs because there's the job market has just just gone downhill really because of coronavirus slightly and then that has a knock-on effect on the graduates before so it's just so much more the, yeah sorry the graduates coming up um, from year two to year three at uni so I think that just makes it a lot more competitive which means that you have to have heart like you want to get the best possible result you can. So I think that it is more important in nowadays time, your exam results, because I think maybe when you took your exams, A-levels weren't so important, were they? I don't, I'm not sure. From well, well, were, my mum, she said that. Um, in, in those days, you had about um, 15 to 20% of people went to university, not, not like, more like 40% yeah. now. Um, and there were obviously a lot fewer universities and the school I went to I have to say I have to say is actually one which um, is nowadays very much top of the list in terms of um, the league tables it's a it's a it's a public school it's not a private school Um, but it's generally in the sort of top three in the whole country so it's quite a good school I don't think it was quite very good good. Um, but uh, it may have Mm. I think it got it got better after I left is what I always say Um, (laughs) so um (laughs) But yes, I mean, it was the same sort of importance, but it was also a sort of school where, as I think yours is, to be honest, um, one where they just assume you're going to go to university. And if you were to say, oh, I don't want to go to university, I want to go and work for so-and-so, work work for my um, uncle's company that does this, that and the other, or, you know, yeah. I want to I want to start my own business, which is an option that young people these days have, which I think is a good option, which wasn't really something yeah. we'd have thought about in my day. Mm. Um, but yes, I mean, you're right. Obviously, the grades are important. But I mean, everybody is going to now, if I'm an employer in two years time and someone comes to me who's just sort of graduated, I'll say, ah, oh, you're one of those who were, you know, studying your A-levels during the coronavirus. And they 
lower the percentage to get a pass and that sort of thing. So I'll, yeah. I'll have that in my mind saying that perhaps, you know, you're not, not quite as good as the other ones because the thing was sort of changed in some way. Now, that would be very well, unfair and probably not, not allowed, but at the same time, you can't avoid someone will think that. No, you can't avoid natural bias. And also, I was thinking about this yesterday, how um, well, I was thinking, well, because I was trying to put myself in the shoes of it, like a year 13, and I was thinking, will year 13s and year 11s who didn't have to take their A-levels or GCSEs feel like their results are more less valid than if they were were to have taken them? Because they didn't have to sit their exams, which is a big thing, and it, that takes a lot of prep, revising, um, and that's what all other years have had to do. But you could argue they've had a bit of a get-out-of-jail-free card, like a bit of an easy ride, but then at the same time, maybe they haven't because the way schools are grading it, you could argue it could be a bit unfair or not very accurate because some thing is some people underachieve, don't they, in their A-levels and some people do way better than their um, predictions. Some people get their predictions. So I think that's why exams are good. So I just think teachers having a big input on it is it's not great. And I just don't know how I'd feel if I was in that position. Well, obviously, they're going to have some guidelines and hopefully everyone's going to be marking consistently across all the people they're looking at. But it is, it is yeah. difficult to do that. But you see, I think you're right because obviously you, you do mock A-levels, don't you, at the beginning? I suppose, would that be the beginning of next year, January? Um, yeah, around them. Yeah, we had, well, we, we had thresholds this year, but they, we, the thing is they were affected. They couldn't be properly done. Um, so, but we have year 13 um mocks yeah next year i think yeah about january february time i think february i think because i have a friend who was um in your position a couple of years ago and she mm. did the mocks and uh, at another very good school in st albans um, and she basically didn't get very good marks and they sort of called her in and said you know this is rubbish you're not going to go to university or anything like that um and um yeah so you know because of results but then when she when it came to the, the finals and she did them she got straight a's <laughs> Oh, so, wow. Yeah, that's so it. Like, with my GCSEs. Exactly. Mm. With my GCSEs, I mean, due, like, due to other circumstances as well, but I didn't do as well in my mocks as I would have liked. But then I, I, I'm really happy with how I did in my GCSEs. So I don't think mocks can always be a representation of how you do. And also some people put loads of effort into their mocks and some people don't because they're like, oh, they're only my mocks. So, you know, you can never tell how it's going to go. But then I think there's also a wider problem with the fact that exams, like GCSEs and A-levels have become so exam-focused and there's not enough coursework because you could literally have one bad day, bad day and that affects your whole grade. Like, I just think that's ridiculous. Well, that is, of course, the old system that we had um, in my day. You know, you had to struggle like mad. And if you, if you didn't turn up or you were ill on the day, then they didn't take any notice of that, basically, in, in the marks. So it was actually pretty unfair. And I agree. But yeah. then it, w- it went the other way, of course, for a long time, which was, where it was nearly all coursework. And that was pretty biased yeah. in terms of, you know, teachers' favourites somehow got very good marks and things like that. Exactly, was the, exactly. Was the, the accusation, I can't possibly justify that. but mm. Yeah, I agree. I also think, though, um, that could have happened with coronavirus. Because, sorry, but if you think you're... Sh- I think it's true that to say that if you think your student is going to do well and they have high predictions, then you're going to more you're more likely to going to going to give them a higher grade than someone maybe who would have done great in their A levels but doesn't have as 
good predictions. So I think, I don't know, it's really hard for teachers. I do think it's hard for them. But I think it, as humans, personal bias is just going to come into it. I think you can't avoid that. Sorry, studying oh, politics dear. and like the whole Supreme Court and stuff, like with the justice system, I just think it's hard not to be personally biased, even if you try your best not to be. That's just human nature, this. You can't really blame anyone. Right, but I think you have to assume that obviously um, the teachers get to know their students and so that if there's someone mm. who is basically underperformed at a mock exam, they should recognise that and say, oh, you know, he's really clever true. actually um, and true, he ought true. to be able to do this, but he's, he's just not pulled his finger out to do it all, you know. Yes. Yeah, that um, is okay. true. They have to look at the wider picture, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, I'm afraid we're running out of time now, actually, Anna. So um, we just perhaps wind up on this. So do you think okay. that the... I just ask you the straight question, really, which I asked earlier. That is, do you think it is really serious that people may have lost three or four months, or do you think they can catch up? And do you think it will really affect their future? I don't think it will really affect their future, but mm, it's so hard because I think it. I think it is serious, actually. No, I do think it is serious because I think it will affect A levels, and I think then that has a knock-on effect to your future. So I think it does, but I think it has more of an effect on your a-levels rather than your big future because I just I think three months is a lot and also I think it's not even just with your like exams I think it's also child development has been really affected like I have next door neighbors who um have young children and they were just we were, I was talking to the husband yesterday and he was just saying how like it's really hard for young children because it's not like my age where we can go out and just meet our friends freely and independently they can't they have to stay in the house and like with social distancing couldn't have people over and at, and at this age like aspect and also at a younger age obviously from like I suppose zero to 20 you develop so much and you need like you I suppose you need friendship is really important and being at school so I think that will have actually quite a big knock-on effect um yeah, we, we, did, we didn't really um we didn't really mention the social side of school obviously no, yeah. your, your friends and so on I was focusing on the academic side of it but you're right obviously that that's the other element you can replicate it with your social media but it's still not the same at all is it no no it's not and also I think then that encourages people to be like so device driven where because I've noticed some days like from doing online school I have a headache at the end of the day because I've just been sitting at my desk like it's so bad I think it's so bad for you yeah, well, you can't have. Well, you can have online gyms and things. To, a lot of people are doing a lot of that sort of stuff yeah, as well. Like Joe Wicks running and walking. Yeah, Joe Wicks. He's become super famous on the back of that. Yes, mm. absolutely. Anyway, look, Anna, it's been really nice to talk to you and yes, um, very interesting. And, and thank you very much for that. You're so, welcome. Um, thank you for having me. I'll wind up now. So anyway, to remind everyone, you've been listening to the Generation Gap show here on uh, Radio Verum ninety two point six FM. You may it may be as a podcast as well if you if you um, hear it on the podcast system. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, do join us again um, and look out for all our podcasts on the Radio Verulam website, which is radioverulam.com. Thanks very much.